Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, this is the greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike, she's Emma, and in this episode we're continuing our found farewell of the Twelfth Doctor by going through our top five favourite episodes of his. Yep, indeed. Um, I mean, obviously this, this in no way will be the last time we talk about the Twelfth Doctor, no. but uh, it seems like a good way to wrap up... Um, our sort of our lengthy farewell to him um mm. so we've had a, a chat about him in general so we'll uh we'll do our top five now um i will say at the top of the episode that uh as when we usually do top fives we will talk about the episodes a bit but not a huge amount i don't expect so if you want to hear us talk about these episodes at length then uh, please go back and check out our our back catalogue hmm and just check out our back catalogue anyway if you're new to the show. Yeah, you should definitely do that anyway. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it, that's. Uh, I mean, obviously we will talk about them a little bit, but not uh, mm. not for hours. So, uh, Mike, do you want to start us off then with five? I suppose. Okay, my number five is Extremis. Okay. Um, now, as we like talked about in the uh, review of it proper, it is a great episode. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of love. I think the reason why it makes number five is, unfortunately, you can't really... I can't, like, separate this out now from Pyramid at the End of the World and Lie of the Land, which is unfortunate, um, because they are part of a trilogy. Um, But, standalone, Extremis is brilliant. I love it. I mean, the fact that we've even mentioned it, like, the, the characters, as we see them properly in the episode, are all simulations. It's not... A case of the Doctor Bill and Nardole have been stashed away in pods or something by the monks, and they've been taking over the world while they've been stuck in the simulation. They actually are computer-generated characters, and you know there's some brilliantly like creepy bits. I mean, just like the the hidden library in the Vatican stuff's all brilliantly atmospheric. When Nardole and Bill are in CERN, and there's the whole sequence where they they're talking to like the the doctor and um he, he does like the the number test and it's like like starting like rattling off the same numbers at exactly the same time um that's creepy um and even like the the brilliant twist at the end when the doctor the the virtual doctor manages to get the warning out to his real life self mm. um just really really great episode and it's it's still just a shame that what followed it just couldn't maintain that brilliance. Right, okay. No, that's fair. Um, I think this is the point I'll say that Extremis was my number two. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, because I think that um, I'm sort of able to, uh, to kind of put it in its own box away from mm. from from the other two. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. But I think that... Um, like you can, like with Utopia and uh, Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords. Mm. Whereas, you know, I don't think the, those two stick the landing of Utopia. Yeah. I could, I, I still think Utopia on its own is a is a good episode. And mm. and to be honest, I think that with Extremis, in terms of like Peter Capaldi in this, the yeah. thing is because he's so great and you know obviously we sort of spaffed on at length about how great we thought he actually individually is mm-hmm. um in our previous episode um i think that for me extremis is one of his better individual performances mm. as the doctor albeit a virtual doctor but yeah. ostensibly the doctor um 
I, I just think, I mean, also you've got all the challenges that come with him being blind as well, mm. which obviously, you know, we, none of us really knew how far they were going to take that yeah. then. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think that you're quite right in, the, you know, all the bits without the Doctor in it, you know, the bits at CERN and the bits with Bill Nardo are, 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 you know, individually great as well. I think that, for me, Extremis is one of the better Capaldi performances. Mm. So that's why I kind of put it quite a bit higher than you did, I think. Oh, no, that's absolutely fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, I mean, I, I, I just sort of have the problem with the Monk trilogy as a whole. I think yeah, yeah. Extremists should have stood alone. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is diminished somewhat by being kind of anchored to, uh, <laughs> you know, a concept. I mean, that for us, didn't really work. I mean, I'm mm. not really sure how... I mean, as far as I know... You know, Pyramid and and Lie of the Land aren't aren't super well liked um, mm. out there in in the general populace. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I know that me and you's opinion is pretty pretty solid on the fact that we didn't like those two. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that your mileage is going to massively vary. I've got I've mm. got a feeling absolutely love the trilogy full stop, rather than it being one you know one sort of burdened by two not great ones. So. Mm. So what's your number five? Mario on the Orient Express. Ah, um, right, that nearly made my list. Yeah, I was, I as always with these lists, um, I was prevaricating. I knew was what was at the top, um, mm-hmm. but I was fannying about with the bottom two for a long time. Yeah. But um, when I was talking to Chuck about this, it, that is way up. His, his list and when i was mm. thinking about it, i thought yeah actually yeah. considering that we're you know because we we again we talked about in our previous episode that capaldi's first series is you know i think a bit let down by the fact that they sort of insisted on doing this kind of very harsh doctor to begin with mm. and um softening him as he goes and i think for me i you know I, i'm sure that the script writers would say kill the moon is is where the turn starts with him <laughs> but I think it's Mummy, mm. um, where you're going back to him. While he's, you know, being very, you know, I think you can definitely say he's being callous towards the people who end up getting <laughs> mullered by the foretold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I think that there's a definite change in in, in direction there, yeah. and that is kind of the beginning of the Doctor that we kind of end up end up sort of falling in love with again in series nine. Mm-hmm. So, and to be honest, again, look, looking at the story as a whole, it's a really creepy bottle show. The foretold is, I think maybe the, one of the best Capaldi monsters. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's really a lot to like with that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I'm kind of upset at myself now that I didn't um, put mummy on, but um, no, it is a great episode. And um yeah, it's and it, whole, the Doctor and Clara hold up well, even though at that point their relationship is like massively strained. It hasn't been actually. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Canned, and again, like like you say, the Doctor still has his callousness. I mean, especially when he like has that little speech to Clara at the end. He says, you know, and when she says, "Were well, you pretending to be heartless?" and he's trying to think that of me, you know, mm. yeah. Sometimes you haven't got the best choices, but you still have to choose. And he says, "I would have just kept mm. going until I'd beaten it." Um, but that balanced with, you know, the fact when he's in his uh, room on board the train and he's like having that back and forth between himself. 
<laughs> like mm. trying to, and the when he launches it like into like a little bit of Tom Baker impersonation, it was just magical. Um, and it's kind, of, it's actually kind of a shame that we never really got Gus back um, throughout the rest of uh, Peter Capaldi's time as the Doctor, because you kind of like get the feeling that with him yeah. being a computer, he could have been like a a semi recurring villain. Um, well, I mean, he he sort of fits into the Nardole role. I mean, would he have filled mm. that? That space had, mm. you know, they got, got Matt Lucas to come along and agreed to do a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not obviously the same character. I mean, you don't have kind no. of the comedic elements that Matt Lucas, but I mean, he's sort of that that idea, I think. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number four is a two-parter. Uh, mm-hmm. The Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. Oh, do you know what? I was so... I was on the fence about this one as well, actually. Mm, so, yeah. That's fair enough. Um, but it's it's purely because... I mean, I actually listened back to the podcast on this, and there was a lot of times where we were like, wow, this is, like, really on the nose. Yeah. And, I mean, it still is. Mm. Um, but I think it just, it just absolutely works. I mean, you know, the dumb unit soldiers aside. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great... Um, sort of continuation of the story of this like B plot of Day of the Doctor. You know, it's one of those things that could have easily just been sort of, like abandoned, forgotten about. But they actually went back and like, and it kind of makes sense. Like, why would like these shape shifting uh, superior aliens? Why why wouldn't some of them have a chip on their shoulder, being happened to sort of like fold themselves in as like refugees? on this planet, you know, it makes sense that some of them would, like, rise up. And, like, a lot of the imagery, like I say, is very on the nose. I mean, you've got, like, the training camp and all that and, um, like, insurgency and all that, which was very still, especially at that at the time when it went out, it was very much a thing. Um, still is today, but, you know. Um, mm. And you know, the, the whole sequence in the Black Archive um, where you've got the Zygons and unit facing off over the two Osgood boxes. And the Doctor's just like, just fucking come on, guys, just sit down and talk. I mean, his entire mm. speech is just a masterclass by Peter Capaldi. Um, it's just, it's just I, honestly one of the, I think it's one of the more sort of underrated sort of like two-parters, I think, somehow. Like, yeah, it, it it's sort of got like, a bit lost yeah. in the shuffle, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I just like thought it was... Fabulous, and Jenna Coleman does a wonderful term as turn as uh, Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she's really good in it. Um, I yeah, like just like that, really. I was I was so close to putting this in, <laughs> but um, I sort of part of me were like, oh, is it a bit cheating putting the two parts in? Well, obviously not. I mean, because uh, you know you can't really exclude like a whole season because mm. of that. But um, yeah, I mean, because I we watched it again pretty recently and and yeah it still holds a lot of power mm. and um i sort of get tired of saying peter capaldi's really great in it but he's really great in it <laughs> yeah i think it just should just should be like the umbrella title for this episode peter capaldi's really great in it <laughs> yeah i mean his his kind of, of of base level of good is kind of almost a notch above everyone else's mm-hmm. i mean i i sort i sort of struggle to to think of any that he, you think, well, he's sort of phoning it in for this one. Mm. Um, you know, maybe, gen, you know, being on, you know, not very generous, and maybe you say like Forest of Sherwood, you know, um, uh, Robert Robert Sherwood, Robert Sherwood yeah. yeah, 
Um, um, probably see in the forest of the night, but yeah, yeah, that too. Well, yeah. because I think I think sometimes you can sort of see that um, he he's kind of like struggling to 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 fight to sort of land the idea of mm. what the episode's about. If yeah. you see what I mean, and I think those are a couple that kind of suffer for that. I think maybe mm. um, Robot Show, especially because I mean it was messed around with in the edit because of uh, events at the time mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it was in, it was in a sort of bit of early instalment weirdness as well. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I mean that's sort of the only two I would sort of point at. But anyway, um, my number four again massively wibble wobbled on this. Mm-hmm. Is listen. Ah, right. Yes, that oh, was almost that was an almost for me as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, considering that it's literally one episode after Robot of Sherwood, mm. um, I think that although I'd sort of enjoyed Deep Breath and I thought that um, Into the Dalek was okay, but I mean, you know, a bit meh, mm. and Robot of Sherwood, I mean, I didn't really like very much at all, um, you know, apart from, you know, there's some sort of funny doctor bits in it, but um kind of disabled by internal and external events a bit mm. i was beginning to think oof yeah. we need a bit of a a bit a of a lift here and a shot in the arm and listen was was kind of that mm. and i am sure it, and to be honest i think that it, it's not popular amongst you know continuity wonks and sort of purists <laughs> and things like this because yeah. it does go back and put things in the doctor's past which mm. you know have, have never been referenced before and 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 haven't been referenced again mm. and people who at this point were kind of getting sick of clara were like oh good here she is yeah. inserting herself in the doctor's history again mm. um you know so that at which point these are entirely valid criticisms but i yeah. think at the time and again go back and looking at it again I think it's immensely atmospheric and mm-hmm. kind of for me the sort of the point I thought oh okay this is this is gonna work I mm-hmm. think looking back on it yeah I mean I agree and I, I think the reason why I listened didn't make my list is because of the whole going back to the doctor's childhood bit I think mm. if you'd missed maybe it's like maybe it's not had that bit at the end mm. I think I would have that probably would have made my list I think that just that was just like a bit of like a Again, it's just sort of like the impossible girl bit. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, we've we've done this. Can we not just, like, leave it now? I mean, mm. like you say, the rest of the episode is great. It's wonderfully atmospheric. Um, I like the fact that, you know, it, there's almost sort of like, there is no monster, really. It's... No. Is it, well, it's sort of like, is there a monster or isn't there? Because for all we sort of... It, there's n- it's never really answered, but... It, the whole thing is like you do get the sense of this is what the doctor is like when he's on his own. He just like starts thinking too much about things. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I totally agree with you, your reasoning. I, I think, and again, you know, some great great stuff. Um, so my number three, uh, going back to the very beginning, is Deep Breath. Oh, okay. Um, I t- I just love this one. I mean, I think this is. Alongside Eleventh Hour, probably one of the strongest um, new Doctor episodes going. Mm. Um, and you know, if you look at all of the scenes you have, I mean, you've got the Doctor with the the tramp in the alleyway when he's sort of like figuring out his new face and things like that. You've mm. got the confrontation with the half face man um, in in both like the base, restaurant basement and 
you know, when the restaurant takes off. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> bloody skin bag, wherever it is. Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, I mean, if, I mean, the whole sequence where the Doctor and Clara are bantering in the restaurant while they, while they were around them, you know, the clockwork diners are literally going through the motions of eating. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the sort of like, what? Where would you get a coat? Bought it. Where from? Shop. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It, I, I would agree with you. I think it's probably the strongest opening episode since um, mm-hmm. since Eleventh uh, Hour um, for me. Um, but I don't know. Um, again, it it, it it did sort of cross my mind to go on this mm-hmm. list, but it kind of got. I, I kind of put it out fairly quickly. I think. I sort of struggled to put the the open episodes in because they're they're kind of their own beast almost. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They, what mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they're sort of a bit different um, from the, the kind of the main meat of the show. Um, they they are sort of an appetizer, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like having an amazing appetizer, and then the, the main course is you know maybe not up to the same standard. So yeah. I sort I mean, but I understand that um, to, I understand putting it in completely, but uh, yeah, it didn't didn't quite resonate the same way with me i don't think deep breath I, I mean it has got an extremely brave moment in the you know with the half-faced man of you know did he jump or was he pushed mm-hmm. but you know with the doctor looking at the camera and things like that so yeah. well even that and the bit where he seemingly abandons clara mm. you sort of deep down you sort of like no he's going to come back but at that moment when you're watching you're, you're not sure like, holy shit did he really just do that yeah you know? really and, yeah and also like the the bit where he's in bed at like semi-conscious and he like translates for the dinosaur or oh, well clara thinks he's translating for the dinosaur mm. um and the bits you know where where he says you know can't see me doesn't see me um and that sort of gets echoed at the the very end and um i don't know i still i still quite like the um little cameo by matt smith at the end yeah, of it somehow yeah. it, it's like a nice little um like code and it's sort of like it's I'm very much there to like not only in terms of, like the story help Clara accept that well sort of quote unquote accept the new doctor. It's there for the audiences as well. Mm, um, mm. So what have you got? Flatline. All right. Um, I've got a lot of time for flatline. I think mm. I I might be kind of in a in a minority because I. I don't really hear it come up a lot. I don't know why, mm. because I think it's really great. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really cool concept. The, the supporting cast is great. Mm. Um, you've got some really funny Doctor bits, you know, in Dancing in the TARDIS when he thinks he's <laughs> got it sorted out. And then, you know, getting, you know, you've got that sort of brilliant bit of Clara taking over the Doctor and you've got the, the, the different title sequence in there and... Mm. Yeah, I, I just think it really works. Like mm. as just a purely just a standalone monster of the week type episode, I think mm. it really hits. And one of the weird things about how much we cuss series A, you know, mm. throughout this show, um, three of my favourite episodes are from series three. Mm. No, series eight. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Flatline. Um, so, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just because it was one of those things like where you read about it like on paper you think how the fuck is this gonna work but the boneless are legitimately one of the creepiest aliens i I mean i would probably even like 
put them up amongst the silent and the weeping, weeping angels that have like come up during Moffat's tenure as showrunner. Um, I mean, I could just like some of the, like the visual tricks they do to show that a victim's been got. Like there was like one that one guy in, I think it was in the rail yard where the camera just shifts just slightly to like the left or the right, and then you like see that he's sort of like been painted over like various surfaces. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, that is like super creepy. And, you know, again, with the whole could have been crap bit, when the doctor finger walks the tiny TARDIS out of the way of the train. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's so like good. So barking. Um, it's so good. It's so crazy. I mean, Simon Moffat and, you know, his, his tenure in general mm-hmm. is kind of really good at the sort of what I would call the horror cosmic. Yeah. You know, the ones that are like the aliens that are, are so weird. You mm-hmm. kind of can't. They're like forces of nature. You, you can't, you know, reason or negotiate with these things. Mm. They're so they're so anathema to what we understand as life almost. Yeah. Um, that. There is, there's kind of almost nothing to do about it. The Vashnarada are the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I really dig those kind of stories, and yeah, the boneless are a, a genius invention that I hope you know. I I would be astonished if we ever see the boneless again, but mm. um, I'm, I'm kind of sad about that because it's such a good idea. I I wish that there there was something more of them. Yeah, I think did one of the things this they they came back for one of the comics in Doctor Who magazine or something. Okay, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Yeah, I mean, for a very like visual based entity, you kind of surprised that again, sort of like Gus um, with Mummy on the Orient Express, that they haven't like thought to like do that again. But then again, when Flatline's so good, as good as it was, you know, are we going to have a case of the Weeping Angels again? Like, well, if yeah, they come quite. back too much, is there are, are their effectiveness going to be diminished? Yeah, I mean, because basic, I mean, the thing with the bonus is, you know. You've kind of seen this, this, you've heard this track before, mm. you know, apart from what we see in Flatline, can they really do a lot else that is, yeah. is scary, you know, effectively. So maybe it's one of those ones that's sort of best left to the imagination or, mm. you know, indeed to comics because they're 2D aliens and comics are a 2D medium. So mm. perhaps it, it works best. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really think that, that Flatline is kind of an unappreciated gem. I don't really hear people talk about it. Mm. Um, and it's it's a shame because it's yeah. it's really good. It's so good. It's so good. So, good. Uh, so what's your number two? That, well, that was extremis. Oh right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that leaves our number one. I I think I know what it might be, but but for both of us, shall we go on three? Right. Yeah. One, two, three. Heaven sent. Heaven sent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yes, I said extremis sort of like ranks down because. Parts two and three weren't that great. Um, yes, Heaven Sent is followed by Hellbent, which isn't quite as good as Heaven Sent, or indeed its previous predecessor, face, face the Raven. But Heaven Sent, <sighs> so many feels, mate. It's, yeah. it's it's incredibly, it's so incredibly powerful mm-hmm. as an episode, and we're talking here about the top five Twelfth Doctor episodes. Well. We would be stupid to not put the solo tour de force that mm. is Heaven Sent at number one. I mean, because when when they said that he's going to do an episode on his own, I think me and you mm-hmm. uh, uh, both sort of well, you know, looked at each other over Skype, if you will, <laughs> and said, you know, uh, although we love Peter Capaldi and he's a capable enough actor to do this, 
can they do this? Mm-hmm. And they shut us the fuck up by putting oh, yeah. up probably the best episode. I, I would put in the argument of it the best episode since the return, since mm. so five. You, you know, you know what? Actually, that yeah, yeah. I think it is if not the top one, it is hella up there. Well, I mean, it's in it's in. I was gonna say it's in the conversation. I mean, obviously, Blink is mm-hmm. again is usually Moffat. held up. At, Moffat again, yeah, yeah, which I think is a, is a thing we will talk about in our shows to come. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's just astonishing. Yeah. And so shout out to the to the production team for having the faith in their lead mm. to go, you can handle an episode where it's just you mm. narrating and walking around an empty castle <laughs> eating soup and being confused. Mm-hmm. It's it, on paper. This should not work. No. And I mean, because it, it's, it, I kind of almost go out, want to go outside of who to find equivalent. It reminds me of, it's called In the Pale Moonlight, is it? Deep Space Nine? Oh, um, the one the with Cisco, Cisco. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. doing the narration to his log mm-hmm. about um, something that I won't spoil because um, <laughs> I know I'm aware that people maybe haven't seen it. And it's one of those things of I don't want to be blase about it because if you're watching Deep Space Nine, you, you don't want to know what happens in that episode. But hmm. um, it's. Um, it's just kind of. I mean, you. you, you I, I sort. Of, like I said, I just sort of struggled to find an equivalent for it inside yeah. and outside of who, and it's just, it's just superb, and it mm. holds up so well. I saw it again recently, and it's still astonishing. Mm. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, was it? Um, did Rachel Talley direct it? I think. I think she did. Didn't she? I think she might have done. Yeah. Yeah, she did. I mean, Rachel. I don't think. I don't think we've really talked much about Rachel Talley on the podcast, but. Anything she does pretty much turns out amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, how Graham Harper used to be in, the, in sort yeah. of the tenant days, that when you saw his name come up on the direction, you, know, you, you knew ooh. you were going to get something good. Or, yeah. Because there, there's just some directors who just get it, mm-hmm. who just, you know, like Moffat, you know, arguably when he was writing for the series pre his showrunner days, mm-hmm. you know, we used to look forward to those because... It, it it just sort of understands. I mean, as we're recording this, it's Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. and like Bill Bel- Belichick and Tom Brady, just understand football on a on a level that other people don't understand football. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel Tulane, kind of uh, it sort of understands directing who on a level that I think other people don't. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to like talk so much about like. Any further about how, how heaven sent than we already have? Um, yeah, you know if you would, would you. This is the sort of like um, story. Like if somebody was trying to get into Doctor Who, would you like point to them? Or sort of like even though even those who like have watched Doctor Who but have like fallen off the wagon like since like since David Tennant left or mm. Matt Smith came in. Do you think we would like point to heaven sent and say, watch this? In a way, kind of no, actually, no, no. because I think I, I mean the reason being because I think Heaven Sent it, it in part is affected. It's like the way I wouldn't say to someone who never watched Deep Space Nine, mm. watch that Cisco episode because yeah, that's fair without the, without the context of what has happened all previously in Deep Space mm. Nine, that episode while extremely well acted and you can appreciate the acting or the script or all this sort of thing, the kind of what led up to it, yeah. You, you, you don't kind story, of understand. Yeah, yeah you, you, you kind of. I, I would at least say, watch series nine, maybe mm. not series eight. You know, because which is familiar, Magician Apprentice is kind of almost 
another start again so mm-hmm. i would say at least have it at least ha- watch it having watched all of series nine yeah um if, if i'm talking to somebody who's never seen the lick of who or has kind of dropped off the dropped off the radar i would say you know watch like i say a magician's apprentice or something like that mm-hmm. to kind of get you back into what this doctor's doing and, and who these people are and all this sort of thing mm-hmm. um but um that was a stupid question, I, really, wasn't it? No, it's not a stupid question, no, because <laughs> the the instinct is to say definitely yeah. watch the best episode that um, that is available, and hmm. Heaven Sent is certainly one of those. But it, it, you kind of have to pitch it at the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a bit like with the X Files, right? You would yeah. say like Clyde Bruckman's Time and Repose, for mm-hmm. example, hilarious episode. Yeah. But it's kind of only funny because. Mulder and Scully aren't doing maybe not the quite the Mulder and Scully things that you would expect them to do. Mm. If if you're someone who's never seen the X Files, you would say well, I don't know. Uh, there's like a bazillion different options for the X Files. It's kind of a crap. I think there's like 200 episodes to choose from. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you you kind of have to you know it, I I would say because Heaven Sent works so well because mm. we've been on a journey with this Doctor. Yeah. And and. But it would fail if Peter Capaldi wasn't the actor that he is, mm. um, and it's it's really kind of his. It, I don't want to say it's magnum opus. It's like it's tour de force, isn't it? Really? Mm. Oh yeah, I think that's. I would be very. I don't think any of you would disagree with you if you would no. say it's, it's his magnum opus. Um, because it, it is literally just. It is just that good. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I, I I can't think of a single thing to fault Evan sent for. Mm. No, no. Um, so that's our top five. Um, mm. Let us know your thoughts. If you've got your own lists, be sure to send them in. You can email us at greatestshowatsimplysyndicated.com. You can tweet us at greatestshowpod, or you can visit us at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. Please do check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to an ad-free versions of current shows, such as ours, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon, and you can donate to the network through PayPal, of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care, and bye-bye. Bye.